Open your Bibles again, if you will, to John chapter 4, and in just a few minutes we will look specifically at verses 13 and 14 as I preach the message tonight entitled, just one word, whosoever, whosoever. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. May it not just be heard this evening, but Lord, may it leave an impression in our hearts and minds that when you said whosoever, you meant whosoever. Holy Spirit of God, please be our teacher. Please convince us that your word is true. And Lord, may we not ever allow doubt to be cast on the word of God because of someone's position or so-called education. I pray that you'd help in the message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Bible truths that are attacked. Bible truths that those attempt to bring doubt to are most often magnified afterwards in the preaching of God's men, and they should be. There is yet another attack today against one of the most important words in all of the Word of God, and that is the word, whosoever. Some would have us think that God decides, determines, and predestines some people to go to a devil's hell against their will, or chooses that they would go to heaven against their will. I don't know anybody that would want to go to heaven against their will, but that's what some teach. They basically say say that men have no will in the matter, but God decides. Absolutely nothing could be further from the truth of the Word of God than to try to present God's plan of salvation in such a mystical or mysterious manner that men would wonder if they can be born again. I have met folks that have wondered if they could be saved, giving more credibility to a book they read or to a person who read a book than giving to the very Word of God. In this message, I want to walk through the conversion of this woman as she receives the gospel presented by the Lord Jesus Himself. Our text introduces to us a woman who is living a jaded, a shaded life. She's been going around and around in the merry-go-round of life, and she's worn out from it all in the world. That's all they can do is go around and around looking for happiness in the same places, but you can't find satisfaction outside of salvation in Christ. On this day, Jesus shows up in her life, and when she meets him, he opens her eyes to the fact that there is a new life available to her. A life that is free from the burdens and problems of the life that she is now living. Jesus takes this sin-hardened woman, and he leads her to a place of faith and trust in the person and the gospel of Christ. Perhaps you're hearing me this evening, either in this building or online. 
And you've grown weary of the wickedness and emptiness of this world. And we live in a very obviously frustrated, aggravated, and even angry culture today. May I say there is a life in Christ that brings peace and joy and satisfaction. There is a life in Christ that you can rest at night knowing assured that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life and if you were to depart this life in the night that heaven would be your home. I'm glad for the peace of God that dwells within that came when the Holy Spirit moved inside of me. I want you to notice, first of all, if I, as I take just a few minutes and point out that this woman is living somewhat of a miserable life. The first thing we notice is that she goes to the well alone. She is going there to draw water for the work of the day or for the meals of the day. And it is noted that this woman comes to the well alone. Now, it is customary that there were particular times in the morning that the women of the town would come to the well to draw water for the work of the day. But it is noted that she comes alone probably because of the kind of life that she is living, maybe because of some of the men that she has been with in an adulterous situation. She does not want to see the other women of the town. And I want to point out these things about this woman because this is the story chosen of the Holy Spirit of many to be included in the Bible of the person, the type of person Jesus came to to give her the living water of eternal life. You'll find in this town she is not celebrated for living in sin. She is not celebrated for her adultery, but there is shame in her behavior. She is not only isolated from others, she has become isolated from God as well. Notice her idea in verse number 20, if you will, about God. The Bible says in John chapter 4 in verse number 20, our fathers, and this is her speaking, our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. There's a great emphasis in our day placed on faith, but may I say faith alone has no value. It is the object of faith that makes faith strong. I'm not going to heaven because I have faith. I'm going to heaven because I place my faith in Christ for salvation. Some like to talk in a religious manner and say that I have faith. Faith alone has no value. And this woman, she didn't even know what she worshipped. In fact, she, like many that you and I meet in personal soul winning, are totally confused but yet trying to talk religious or spiritual and in a manner uh, to uh, 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 let us know that they're ignorant in their relationship with God. 
She's alone in her belief. And it's interesting, she tries to argue religion with Jesus. And of course, she just sees Jesus as another Jew. And if you'll notice in verse number 25, the Bible says, The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. It's interesting how many in this world are looking for something to come that's already happened. There are many of you, and you witness to folks, there's so many ideas. Well, I'm just looking for a church that fits me. Well, I believe God this, and I believe God that, and Hollywood has defined God to me. May I say this evening, it is important that we understand what is right is what is in this book. This is the Word of God. And then the Bible tells us that, that uh, of course, uh, the grace of God begins to be extended to this woman. I love this story as we learn about who she is, but then we also learn about who the Savior is. I want you to notice a statement in verse number 4 of this chapter where the Bible says, and he must needs go through Samaria. Let me just back up a couple of verses here uh, and, and read in verse number 1, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus, uh, that, that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again unto Galilee, and he must needs go through uh, Samaria. Uh, may I say, he went through Samaria to find this particular woman. And not only did this woman get saved, many others heard the gospel. Are you with me tonight? Jesus didn't go to Samaria just for this woman. And I'll prove that here in just a few minutes. He went that the whole town could know the gospel of Christ, but he begins with the gospel. He's not looking for just one person in Samaria to be saved. He wants everybody to be saved, but he goes to a person that will tell everybody what Jesus has told them. May I say, tonight you and I must needs go through Samaria. We cannot go through this life just living in our comfort zone. Uh, we have to get out of our comfort zone as uh, the Jews here would not go through Samaria and it is a startling statement to the Jews for Jesus to say I must needs go through Samaria. Uh, the Samaritans were people that were looked down upon as an inferior race because they descended from Jews who had intermarried with Jews Gentiles, but Jesus wanted them to know and he's going to say it plainly in verse 13 and 14 that the gospel has not come to just some but the gospel has come to whosoever and Jesus is making plain that I'm going to go on purpose through Samaria. May I say you and I must go on purpose in every town and every street of our town. It is important that we go on purpose to the lost and those that are without Christ. We must go on purpose to those that are living in sin. We must go on purpose to those that are around us. Uh, folks, listen, God didn't save us and leave us here to see how much we could uh, um, amass of this world's wealth in our life. He left us here that we may spread the good news of Jesus Christ. This week we need to decide, I must give the gospel. I must give the gospel to others. 
Jesus goes to and through Samaria because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus does not argue with her. He simply begins with her where she is and with the truth and with grace. He brings her from where she is to a saving faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting, this conversation Jesus promised this woman that he could give her a drink of living water. And he uses the situation at hand when she is going to get water. And uh, he says, I can give you water uh, that you'd never thirst again. May I say, the world knows they're not satisfied by what they're getting. The world knows. But they think there's nothing that can satisfy them. Good news. The gospel of Christ, the living water, does satisfy our soul. I want you to notice something very interesting. I want you to take your Bibles and begin in verse number 9. Then saith the woman, this particular word here, the, this article, it points out just this, this single woman. Of Samaria, uh, then saith the woman of Samaria unto him. I want you to notice this as a personal relationship, or I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry, not relationship, uh, but this is a personal conversation between two individuals. I don't think there's anybody else around. I think just this woman and Jesus is at the well. And I believe that because of the way the scripture is written. And I want you to notice this. How is it that thou, being a Jew, ask us drink of me? She didn't say of us. But she said of me. So it's just an individual. This individual woman is talking to the Lord Jesus. He's not with his disciples. They're going into town. Jesus has stopped to talk to this woman. Which am a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou, speaking to her individually, knewest the gift of God... And who it was that saith to thee, speaking of him personally, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have giving, given thee living water. Notice this conversation between two people. Notice the me, the he, the him, the her. Verse number 11. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is deep, from whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her. Now here's what's interesting to me. Jesus doesn't say, if you drink of this water, you'll thirst again. But all the time up to now, he's just speaking to her. And it's just a conversation between two people. Look at verse 14. But he doesn't say, if you drink of the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus doesn't say if you. Jesus says of whosoever. Now why did Jesus change? 
Why did Jesus not say to her, Now, ma'am, if you keep drinking of this water from this well, you're going to keep getting thirsty. You're going to have to keep coming back every day. As long as you drink from this well, you're going to get thirsty. But he didn't say that. He said, If whosoever keeps drinking of this well, whosoever is going to keep being thirsty, they're going to have to keep coming back. And verse number 14 then, he says, If whosoever... Notice the wording here. Verse number 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Jesus didn't say to her, if the chosen here in Samaria drink of the water. He didn't say, if you drink of the water. He said, whosoever. That means every boy. That means every girl. That means every teenager. That means every parent and every grandparent. He stopped using the personal pronouns and he went to the word whosoever and that's exactly who the gospel is given to. It is given to whosoever. Now you quit trying to take the infinite mind of God and fit that into a finite brain. It will not fit, but I'll tell you what will fit whosoever. And so until I have an understanding of the infinite mind of God, when I reach that place of eternity and I have a body like Christ, until then I'll keep proclaiming the gospel to whosoever. What is Jesus offering? He is offering satisfaction and salvation for who? Whosoever. He is offering the opportunity to have all your sins forgiven. Who's he offering this to? He's offering it to whosoever. He is offering the opportunity to be right with God, to miss a devil's hell, to gain eternity in heaven. Who's he offering this to? Is he offering it to this woman alone? No, he's telling this woman alone, you and everybody else, whosoever can be born again. Take your Bibles and go with me to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 10. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10. And I want you to look and see what the Scripture says plainly here in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the uh, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no need for a one-hour discussion trying to figure out who is and who's not. What there's time for is an hour of prayer asking God to fill us with His Holy Spirit that we may take the good news that whosoever would call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now here's something interesting. When Jesus explained to her that not only she, but whosoever could have everlasting water, that whosoever could have everlasting water, she went to tell somebody else. Jesus didn't say you're privileged to be one of the elect. Had he done that, she'd have just sat there and fellowship with him. He says, not just for you, it's for everybody. You, you, you mean it's for, yes it is. You, you mean it's for, you think it's for him? Yes it is. 
What about him? Yes, it's for him too. It's for all of you. It's for everybody in this town. I didn't die for just a few. I died for whosoever. And that's what the Bible says. Somehow we get impressed with a professor who says they know a Greek word or two and they've read this book and that book and try to explain only the chosen of God can be saved. Friend, he did choose us in him before the foundation of the world. And as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. It's been the educational department of our churches that have taken them down a path of impression to the place that they stop sharing the gospel of Jesus. Thank God tonight that we can study the word of God. We can learn the word of God. And we ought not be ignorant concerning the scripture. We ought to understand definition. We ought to understand context. We ought to understand history. But when your understanding comes to the place that you don't give the gospel to someone because you think they may or may not be elected dear friend you've gone too far in uh, what you think instead of obeying what God has said I say tonight let's go after every boy and after every girl and teenager and man and woman and tell them whosoever will believe and receive Christ can be born again now here's an interesting study and I'll take just a few minutes to show this to you. The word whosoever is found throughout the word of God beginning in Genesis. The word whosoever is found. Now the word whosoever in the Bible does not always have a reference to salvation. The word whosoever is found throughout the Bible. I believe 183 times, 185, 187, a lot of times the word whosoever. Not every time is the word whosoever in a reference to salvation. But every time whosoever means whosoever. Every time. Every time. For example, Genesis 4.15, And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Has nothing to do with salvation, but the word says, whosoever, whosoever slayeth at Cain, according to God's word, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. Now, who do we think that is? Well, it's whoever. Not every verse talking about salvation, but every verse whoever means whosoever. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 15. Nothing to do with salvation. Here's what the Bible says. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses. For whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. It has nothing to do with salvation, but in this, word, in this verse, whosoever means whosoever. Leviticus chapter 11, verse number 24. And for these be ye, shall ye be unclean, Whosoever toucheth the carcass of them shall be unclean until the even. Has nothing to do with salvation, but the word whosoever means whosoever. Whosoever means whosoever in Genesis. Whosoever means whosoever in John, in Romans, in Revelation, and in this town, and your town, in every town in America. Whosoever means whosoever. Regardless of the application the word is the same. By the way, and I'll close with this. God saves man to change man to make him more like Christ. That's the purpose and work of salvation. Now listen to me. God saved man to change man and to make man more like Christ. How many of you have heard of the 
stores. I think they're closed now. They've been bought out. Eckerd Drug. Ever heard of that? Eckerd Drug. Jack Eckerd was the founder of Eckerd Drug Store Chain. He was led to Christ by Chuck Colson. And Chuck Colson trusted Christ as Savior. After he got saved, the next day he went back into Eckerd Drug. He walked by the magazine rack. And while he knew they were always there, never noticed it before, but there were the Playboy magazine and all the others like it. Went to his office and he called the president of Eckerd Drug and he said, quote, Take Playboy and Penthouse out of all my stores. The president responded, You can't mean that, Mr. Eckerd. We make, and I'm talking about 1988, we make $3 million every year on those books. His response, Take them out of my stores. 1,700 stores across America by one man's decision. Those magazines were removed from the shelves because a man had given his life to Christ. Not only had Christ saved him, he had yielded his life to Christ. Chuck Colson, who led Mr. Eckerd to Christ, called him and he said, and I quote, Jack, I want to use that story. I have a question. Did you do that because of your commitment to Christ? He said, why else would I give away $3 million? The Lord would not let me off the hook. Through the influence and the writing and testimony of Jack Eckerd, other drug store chains did the same thing. In a period of 12 months, 11,000 retail outlets in America removed Playboy and Penthouse magazines. Not because somebody passed a law, not because somebody led a group to march, but because somebody led a man to Christ. There is nothing we can do more for America than lead somebody to Christ this week. There is nothing we could do more for politics than to win somebody to Christ this week. There is nothing we could do more to help the economy than to win somebody to Christ this week. There is nothing we could do more for the local church than to win somebody to Christ this week. There is nothing we could do more for mankind than to win somebody to Christ this week. May you and I see everyone as a whosoever that needs the gospel. Not everyone will receive Christ, but it's our job to make sure everyone has the opportunity to do so. Stand with me if you will. Heavenly Father, I pray that tonight you would help us to see your vast, marvelous, and amazing love you loved us not because of who we were or are. You loved us because of who you are. And Lord, because you saved us from our sin and sin's penalty, surely 
we could tell someone what you did for us. I pray that tonight each of us would commit to time in prayer this week asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit that we may be effective in our testimony and witness. And Lord, may we not only spend time in prayer to be filled with the Spirit, may we, as the Bible says of the Lord Jesus, I must needs go through Samaria.